picked up, running hard. Hewitt, he was bumped hard. It's going to get a free kick. We look forward to seeing the replay because Hewitt's very slow to get up. As we take a look at the replay, there's a the hand pass. Yeah, he's in a world of hurt. And there will be a suspension for Jordan to go. And the boys probably didn't respond the way that we should have when, when that happened. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, watching it back now, I think he uh, deserves a good month or two on the sidelines. It's out of my hands. Yeah, it's... It's footy. Again, I hope the young lad's okay. Um, that's where our concern goes to. I hope he's okay. And Jordy's a fair player. And, um, yeah, the rules will be the rules. Yeah, I think if uh, he got three, Collingwood would say absolutely we'll take it. Four or five is probably not far away from being reasonable given the outcome. And we're really trying to stamp that out of the game. Welcome back to the Toolkit Depot studio. If you want to have your say on the Jordan Degoe hit or on West Coast performance against Collingwood on Saturday night, you can on the Temper at Bedshed text line on 0487 736 736. You can call us on the open line 13 12 55. We have called my former colleague at the West Australian, Craig O'Donoghue, for his view on Degoe and West Coast performance on Saturday night. Craig, of course, is a senior footy writer at the West. He's also the basketball writer, covers the Wildcats. He's also a former WAFL umpire, so well-placed to cast his eye and the ruler over the Dugowie hit. Craig, welcome to the show. How you going, Duff? I'm very well, mate. I believe your kids are wandering around at school wondering why no one else is there because you, uh, you, uh, <laughs> you, you, you forgot it was WA Day. I don't know, when you asked who was in here yesterday, I just finished coaching my kids' soccer team. It was a bit, it was close. I, I was a little bit spun out at that point. And I just went, oh, it's fine, Monday that we school. And then I woke up this morning and went, no, they won't. It is hard as a journo. You do forget some of They aren't at school, but I, I did think yesterday when we talked that I was going to be sending them to school, but it's quite funny at times. We don't get public holidays, so why should they? No, we forget about weekends, don't we? We don't know what a weekend is anymore. I don't indeed. <laughs> So, mate, uh, what do you think? How many weeks does Dugowie get at the tribunal? I think it's three. I think it's pretty clear cut on, on these sorts of, sorts of things that uh, if you choose to bump and you hit someone in the head and there's damage, or even if it's not damage, you're in trouble, but if there's damage like there was to Eliza Hewitt with concussion, then it, it, it's three weeks. Um, and we've seen that being pretty consistent now for, uh, throughout this year and, and for a fair amount of time, I, I reckon, as well. They've started to, to say, you know what, this is unacceptable. This is a three-week offence. Um, and I think, yeah, Jordan go will be sitting on the sidelines for three weeks. Why not four or five, given that the AFL is suffering or is, is waiting on class actions for concussion? And this was, as you say, elected to bump, hit him in the head, and there was damage. So why not make a stronger statement? Well, I think on precedent this year alone, it's hard to go beyond the three. I, I don't think we're going to see anything worse from an action point of view than what Shane McAdam did to Jacob Ware in the, in the first round of the season where he just launched himself at him and Ware somehow wasn't knocked out. But it was the worst thing we'll see, on, I think, from a bumping perspective this year. And similarly, with Cosie Pickett got two simply because Bailey Smith got back up in round one. So I think it wasn't... It, 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 traditional, really super late after a kick, jump in the air, smash them scenario, but he chose to bump and he made contact. So I think there's enough uh, details there to go, well, it's not the worst thing that we'll see. Um, I think even Nathan brought on Patrick Parnell when there was a sling tackle earlier in the year and he drove him into the ground was a worse action. So I'm comfortable with it being three in these circumstances. 
you wrote a strong column in the West Australian today saying there should be a send-off rule and for an action like the goeys, it should at least be an option for the umpires. Explain that. Yeah, so I just think if in any scenario where a reportable offence occurs and the player who is offended against can't come back onto the field, I think that the AFL needs to have someone outside the game looking at the incident in real time during the match and sending a message back to the ground saying, well, if that player can't come back on, then the player who has been reported who is going to be sent directly to the tribunal, he has to come off too. Because at the moment, you, you, with the concussion rules the way they are, you know what they're going to miss two weeks. So is three fair enough? Is it fair enough that the opposition then have to be a man down for the rest of the game? I think in the rare scenarios, and they are very rare, where if the reportable offence results in the player not being able to come back onto the ground, the player who is reported shouldn't be able to come back on either. And I think there would be consistency that would build for that under that sort of criteria. It's, it was very, very clear to everyone. And it was clear to everyone that the goalie had done the wrong thing. It was clear to everyone that, it, that there was enough vision to prove it. It was clear to everyone that Hewitt was in trouble. Uh, I think that's one of those ones where you can say, yep, uh, that one, Andrew Gaffer, Andrew Brasher a few years ago, they've been brought on Patrick Parnell this year. Um, and Tom Stewart, when he knocked out down Prestia last year, they're clear examples of incidents which we all go, that's unacceptable, that player's injured, you have to go off too. So... What about a sin bin, like a, a, a sort of a halfway house for, for send-offs where they get 20 minutes where they can't come back on the field and maybe even um, where a club has to play one short for, for five or 10 or 15 minutes? Yeah, I don't like the one short scenario. When I was umpiring in, in amateur football, that was the rule and it just caused chaos. Like, if you got it wrong at any point, that was worse than getting it wrong when you sent someone off because you, you, the game always swung on one player less on the field. Um, and that was before you know, we had, had this, the sort of footage being played today. Players were still standing in positions at that point. Um, so I, I don't mind having this, the 20 minutes off. I think there has to be some sort of punishment for the player who has committed the act. And if Jordan Ngoi gets three weeks, as an example now, Elijah Hewitt's got two weeks himself because he was off in the first quarter. He'll miss the next one. I think the punishment needs to be similar and uh, even up the nature of the game that's um, been been caused to be uneven because one player's been forced to go off the field and can't come back on due to an illegal act. So... West Coast players have been criticised for not reacting more strongly. Now, Greg Clark, who was one of the players who remonstrated with Dugowie after quarter time, made the point that he he thought it was a bit embarrassing that no one really flew the flag. I, I'm a bit of a sceptic on this. I, I mean, I, what are they supposed to do? They're picking from about 28 players. What do you do? You, you, you spark an all-in Mally or brawl, a couple of you get suspended and someone gets injured, and then suddenly you're picking from 24 or 25 next week. I don't see how that helps West Coast. Personally, I believe they responded in the right way by playing really strongly up until they ran out of puff at three-quarter time. Um, I'm just not a fan of, oh, someone's been hurt, so therefore you've got to try and hurt one of the opposition players. I absolutely agree with you. I, I, I was shocked by the level of anger that they didn't go at him. But what people have forgotten also is that most of them didn't see it because it was a hand pass in play. It was in play, exactly, so, yep. Yeah, it was a hand pass in play. So most people didn't see it because it was so quick. We all needed to look at the replay to see what happened. So what hope is a player... Greg Clark was on the bench, so he could look at the replay and see what happened, which made it easier for him. The other thing you've got to remember is Calum Jamison 
took a mark from the advantage play. So when by the time the game was stopped, West Coast were having a shot on goal when they hadn't kicked a goal yet. Do we want them all to go and smash Jordan to go and give the ball back? I just don't see the, the, what, what the, the point of doing that is. And also, he was playing poorly at the time. Like, the guy didn't have a good game. 19 touches, didn't score, a couple of clearances. Was having had no impact on the game throughout it. So if you, they had a guy on him, maybe suddenly, as you say, you give away a free kick, you might get reported, and you might spark him into action. I didn't have a problem with the fact they didn't go him. I thought that it was that, that you're better off going and winning the hard ball, and then you can look afterwards and say, oh, yeah, you should have because of this, 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 and this. But they played hard footy afterwards, and I reckon that's far better than doing what we all criticised Fremantle for, which was going hard at Rory Lobb and then not going hard at the footy. Um, I don't have a real, any real problem with it. I know that if culturally players will say, oh, you have to and all that sort of stuff, but if you're not absolutely certain that someone's done something wrong and you're guessing and you've, and you've got the ball and you're having a shot for goal, I'm not sure you should be attacking someone when you don't know what they've done. You attended Adam Simpson's press conference after the game. I heard you asking questions. Did you detect anger from Simo or did you feel he felt it was more just one of those things that happened in footy and provided us dealt with properly, they're okay with it? I detected anger from Simo. I detected that he was probably... I imagine he went to the court of time and said, why did no one go to the goalie? Or yeah. he said it after the game. It was just, there were just too many players afterwards saying those sorts of messages. And given that they, most of them admitted they didn't see it at the time, the only way yeah. that it feels like that message could be so consistent is if the coach had said, hang on a second, what the hell are you guys doing? Um, now, I might be wrong on that, but it just felt... You could, you could feel him bubbling underneath and he was trying not to say something and trying to say something at the same time. You see he was angry. In fact, he mentioned you know, he's, a, he's a teenager in his fourth game, all those sorts of things. When, when coaches start saying those sorts of things, you, you know that they're furious. Um, and, yeah, I, I think that he would have wanted these players to react based on the way that they've reacted post-game with, with their comments. It's an interesting point about the age, 18-year-old playing his fourth game. I come back to the AFL's draft age on this. Like, I'm all for Dugowie getting four weeks myself. I, I think late high elected to bump consequences for Hewitt, so therefore have to be severe consequences for Dugowie. I just don't see how there can be consequences because he hit an 18-year-old. Um, this is the toughest sporting competition in Australia. If we're going to put 18-year-olds out there, which the AFL says is okay to do because of their age, the, their drafting age, then I think we have to understand the environment we're putting them into. If we think it's not okay for something like this to happen to an 18-year-old, I think we need to revisit the draft age. What's your, what's your take on that? Oh, yeah. If you've got the ball, you're fair game, as long as you're not getting smacked in the head like Jordan Degoe did. Like, as you said, when you've got the ball, you can be tackled. When you've got the ball, you can be bumped. Just don't hit him in the head. And when you've got the ball, you're allowed to dominate like Nick Dacos has been doing for the past two years. So um, it, once you're out in the footy field, everyone's even. And it's unfortunate if you're a little bit wider, uh, if you're a little bit slower, if you're, if you're a little bit shorter, all those sorts of things, um, you're also a little bit younger. So uh, once you've got the ball, you have to do with the ball what you can do um, at any sort of level. So um, we're all even once you, once you step onto the footy field. And coaches always say the birthday doesn't matter at selection. It's as well. The birthday doesn't matter when you've got the ball because you have to be tackled or you have, the opposition have to win the ball back. So, uh, yeah, to go, to go, he won't get an extra week because he hit a younger bloke. He'll get, next, he'll get the weeks because he hit somebody in the head. Shannon Hearn, Cod, he's 
35, he turns 36 in September. By the time he comes back, I suspect it'll be round 14 or 15. So he will have played eight of 15 games. I heard someone say the other day that Shannon Hearn was considering trying to play on. To me, this is the easiest list management decision West Coast have to make at the end of this year. And they've got some tough ones ahead of them. They have to be prepared to make the call on Shannon Hearn, surely. Oh, absolutely. He's had too many soft tissue injuries now. Um, you look back to last year um, and, and this year, and you know, his, his, his body is showing now that he is an ageing player, an ageing warrior. He's been awesome for them. He's captain of the flag, and everything's ever once from a bloke. But he's old, and when you get old, you, you have soft tissue injuries. And unfortunately, you can't carry players on your list who are going to break down. And, and um, yeah, he's been he's been amazing. But at this point, when you once you start having all these different soft tissue injuries as well, that's when you you know your body's saying you can't play at this level anymore. Which is unfortunate because he is a great leader, he is a great player, but his body's not going to allow him to, to play for much longer. And um, I think, yeah, as you say, at the end of this year, there'll be times we look at it and say how many games. Do we think we're going to get out of a healthy Shannon next year? And the answer will be not enough. The other thing before I let you go, I think we got a reminder on Saturday night that Elliot Yo is their best player and their most important player. Oh, he's a star, isn't he? Like, he just—it's aggression at winning the football and then just bursting clear to get that space and then be able to kick it long. Like when he had the OP, he just couldn't do that. He couldn't move laterally. He couldn't explode out at a stoppage. He is so good. And yeah, when you see him back to his best like that, that's the player they've missed. That's what the that's what the, the type of player that they've been desperately searching for. Um, yeah, he's, he's such a good player. And you can see why they want to play him in the midfield. But the concern is if they play him in the midfield a lot, will he break down again? You just don't know. Um, he's not that... He's not, that's good a player compared to in, in the back line compared to what he's in the midfield. He's so much better at playing in the midfield and what he can do there. So it's a hard decision for him, for them about where they play him. But uh, when he's in the midfield, he changes games. He's dynamic. He's, he's outstanding. So they're going to want to put him in there. You just hope that his body can hold up as well. Absolutely. Craig O'Donoghue, always very knowledgeable on a number of sports and also the officiating of a number of sports. Thank you very much for joining us, mate. Uh, uh, Still enjoy reading your stuff in the West Australian and uh, look forward to reading more of it as the season goes on. No worries. Have a good day, everyone. Craig O'Donoghue, what do you think? You can have your say on the temper at Bedshed text line. Three or four weeks for Geordie Degoe. That text line is 0487 736 736. We'll be back after the break.